Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea. This is Ed Sheehan for Colony Confidential. I don't know how much long I'm going to be doing this because I'm becoming an IT specialist. I might be doing a different job now. I'm really getting better at this. Anyway, Mr. and Mrs. America, welcome aboard. We're here with Frank McDonald. We're going to learn a lot. And my son, Joey, who's always informative. Yeah, so. And of course, there's me. Joey Buns, Colony Confidential. I just want to welcome you back to another episode. We have Frank McDonald from Select Insurance. You may have listened to the podcast today when I mentioned Frank in regard to disinfecting services. So Frank, me and you have been in conversation probably for the last six weeks about disinfecting and doing it as an add-on service. There's like a hundred questions, so let me just get your take on it. And, okay. and then we can continue right. with our questions. Well, basically when all this started, uh, early March, I was getting phone calls and the carriers, the pest control uh, insurance carriers got out in front of it and made it quite clear they wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, they were not covering it and they would not add gen janitorial services onto their policies. Um, that being said, we had a few markets uh, for janitorial that were not excluding any virus or bacteria. Uh, those quickly shut down. Uh, currently, uh, I have somebody who has COVID coverage specifically. The problem more recently, and this gets back to you know, our conversations more recently, they, uh, they didn't want any pest control in the name. They wanted a separate corporation in order to do it. So we went ahead. I had about 15 people that we did that for. They spent the time and money to, to start a new company. So we went to, uh, went to the marketplace with it to get COVID uh, it was a contract, what's called the Contractors Pollution Liability Policy, uh, which is typically coupled up with a general liability and, a, and an E&L pressure liability. What that policy is really for is the guys who uh, do lead abatement, asbestos, mold. Uh, it's an environmental uh, type policy. And the uh, COVID cleaning is what's considered biohazard, uh, bioremediation. We went to the marketplace with it. We started getting kickback that, they don't want to insure any new companies. So the underwriter says, why don't, why don't we just do it in the pest control name? I said, fine. So we do the pest control. I got one quote, uh, it was reasonable. And I said, all right, I need, I need the general liability piece as well, because this is just for pollution. So what, what, it was, what it was covering is, if you had a claim of COVID infection or a claim of failure to get rid of COVID, that, would, that, that policy would trigger. What wasn't being covered was if you fried the servers with CSV or you know, destroyed a carpet or a wall or blinds in, in the treatment, that was not being covered. So I said, all right, you know, give me the GL piece and we'll package it up and sell it as one. The response was, oh, they don't do pest control, GL. I said, well, you, you, know, you, told me to, <laughs> you told me to change it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I take two steps forward and three steps back. Uh, I mean, at, th at this point, th it's almost dead in terms of insuring it because the people who were insuring it, they either want you to be a full-fledged environmental company with loss runs and history where you've done, you know, oil tank removals and, and uh, mold remediations and, and uh, lead abatement and asbestos. They want those guys. Um, so they're, they're, they really led me halfway down a road and then sort of closed the road. So at this point, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult. You know, my take in terms of the marketplace is it's an extraordinary risk to take on doing it. 
because we've, we've seen lawsuits already, uh, not on the sanitation side, but things surrounding sanitation, it's, it's an easy target. I mean, if you have any, anybody treating public places, you know, even apartment buildings, office buildings, I mean, if you look at the people who are working right now, they're typically financial institutions. So your hedge fund manager's in the corner office making five million a year, he gets COVID. Even if you had the coverage, a million dollars wouldn't be enough. So just real quick, um, I threw this up on live for anybody listening on Instagram live. I want to thank everybody that, that tuned in. We have Frank McDonald from Select Insurance uh, talking about insurance, of course, but uh, the thing that's on everybody's mind right now is the disinfecting piece. If you heard what he was just saying about getting into it. Um, so how does that work? So that guy makes 5 million a year. He's 40 years old. He could live to 80. The calculation just gets crazy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not even a matter of punitive damages. It's all compensatory. I mean, he's got four kids at home and a, and a, and a wife who, who stays home. It, it gets dicey. I mean, it, it's very, very different than a failure to eradicate bed bugs. That's wow. an easy claim. Even if it's a lawsuit, it's an easy lawsuit. You I got, know, I got a question. Day, what's that? I got a question. Sure. So I go in and I disinfect this place or whatever it is we're going to do. And if there's a COVID virus there at the time, it dies. Now, this guy goes out or someone comes in to visit him that has it after I did my treatment. How does that make me liable? Because you were involved in the chain of events. The allegation is going to be that you failed to eradicate, especially if there was somebody who had it before you got there. And at the end of the day, they don't have to prove anything in order for the claim to, to, to progress. So, so what's coming to my mind, if we're going to do you, your house or your office, you got to take a test and say you don't have it. Otherwise, we can't do it. Would that help us any? Not really, because you could be asymptomatic for a long time. That's the variable. However, in a court of law, I tested the guy. It showed he didn't have the COVID virus. That helped me at all. There's no immediate test though, so you, you can test the guy. He can get it the next day. Test comes back negative, and he ends up with COVID. Look, I think that the bottom line with all of this is, like with any lawsuit, you don't. You're not getting. You're not making it to court. No. Your insurance company is doing the risk assessment and offering money to the the, the person that filed the claim. Yeah. No way. That's how it works. They're not going to court, especially with the hedge fund guy. Their main goal is going to be to, to, to max out your insurance policy. I mean, in, 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 in that scenario with, with the hedge fund manager, you know, there's a, there's a high chance that the carrier is going to cut a million dollar check and walk away. So I mean, anything above and beyond that is going to be on you. See, I think that's the one thing that a lot of people don't necessarily think about is we have all this great insurance and it's it, these high limits. But that doesn't mean that they won't push your limits. In that case where the guy has four kids and a wife that stays at home in a $10 million house and blah, 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 and their monthly expenses are why, you got to cover the why. Or they're going to look to get some of that covered from the building or the wherever, wherever you service. Everybody involved. And then, and then they get the PIs involved and they find out, all right, your insurance is only a million, but you also own Colony Pest Management. You know, what, what's there? You know, what, what, kind, what house do you have? I mean, what kind of car are you driving? All that stuff, you know, comes into question. Technically, they don't want your money. They want the insurance company's money. But if there ain't enough to cover their expenses and their ultimate loss, it gets dangerous.
right? A hundred percent. So we got a question from live from Jay, Jay Sariggs. He said, do you see or feel the insurance industry will eventually make this service friendly for our industry? Is this logic now because this is also new? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good question. Um, the problem is the carriers never had an opportunity to underwrite the risk. So the, the immediate knee-jerk reaction of any insurance carrier when something's new is they shy away from it, they exclude it, but they decline it. So basically, I mean, we hear different stuff every day. You know, it's, it's in the air. Or it comes from water. It comes, you know, there's so many different variables in the actual virus itself that it's impossible to underwrite the ultimate risk of it. It's so it's still evolving. Well, exactly, you know. exactly. After 9-11, it was the same thing with terrorism. It was evolving. How were we going to cover it? How were we going to look at it? And if the, if the federal government didn't get involved and subsidize ultimate, you know, possible terrorism losses, terrorism would still be excluded across the board. But at the end of the day, when this is done evolving, if it's ever done evolving, when we know that who, what, when, where, how, you know, if there's a vaccine, what the treatment options are, all that stuff, I believe, will play into a, an opportunity for a carrier to dip its toes in the water a bit and say, hey, you know what, why don't we take a look at this, you know, whether it be one of the pest control marketplaces or not, uh, but basically a, a sort of a, a toned down uh, contract to pollution liability and GL package that's only addressing, say, virus and bacteria for pest control companies. The possibility's there. It won't be anytime soon, uh, but I, I definitely see a, a possibility on the horizon of a new line that could be a more permanent line for pest control. But the other question is, once if, if this ever does pass, vaccines are out, treatments are 10 times better, are people really gonna be paying to get sanitized? Well, I mean, that's the big question. And Jay, Jay Sriggs had a follow-up question that I think you kind of answered about when we can expect to play. He understands everything, but also understanding that the money is out there to do it. And then just to piggyback on his um, follow-up, for those of us in the commercial industry, our clients, and you and I had this conversation, are already getting cold calls from or the pest control companies right. at a the service. And that's the only reason I wanted to throw my hat in the ring. Right. I don't even know if we're still capable of doing it was just to stay fighting off these larger companies that knock on my client's doors. Right. Um, I mean, the, the best play, you know, in that scenario that we've accommodated is, is lining yourself up with a subcontractor. Even if that subcontractor is another pest control company who actually has coverage. I'm not talking the people who are soliciting, but there are, there were a good amount of people over the years who had janitorial added for whatever reason. Maybe they were doing kitchen cleanups, you know, cleanouts. I probably got five or ten of them, at most. That that janitorial is listed on the policy. Right. So basically, the carrier stuff. So for people calling, you know, first thing I do, I mean, I get about thirty calls a week about sanitation. First thing I do is look at the policy, and there are a few where I say, oh, my God, you got the golden chalice. <laughs> you know, it's on there. So knock yourself out. But, you know, if, if there's a claim, you won't be renewed next year. You know, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's difficult because everybody's losing money. It, it, it's a product line that, that, that pays well. Uh, from what I understand, the pricing is going down pretty quickly as more players are involved. There are a number of people who think they're covered and they're not. A lot of people who think that they're covered, they actually say that I have insurance, 
but the insurance is for pest control. It'd be different if this was, it'd be different if this was um, hantavirus and, and you were applying DSV to rodent droppings on a property, attic, what have you, insulation damage, nesting areas. You know, that, that's, that's part of pest control. But when it, when it goes to another level and now there's no pest involved, the, 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 the target is, is, is uh, coronavirus. That's a biohazard. That, that's, that's, that's bioremediation. That, that's like uh, things that industrial hygienists typically handle. So another question is, do basic janitorial or office cleaning companies have the insurance coverage? Uh, they, they, have the silent, they have the insurance because it's silent. Because so in other words, it's, it's not excluded. Right. Cleaning, cleaning janitorial services is covered with no exclusion for fungi, bacteria, or virus. I got a question. So we hire one of these janitorial services to take care of right. uh, corona, uh, whatever. Right. And they get sued. And their policy doesn't cover what they're being sued for. Can they back up and sue us too? And you wouldn't be covered either. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, um, anybody who's doing this, any of my clients who are doing it, I have the language, Joey. I think I gave you some of the language uh, that we want to see. You know, I'd want to I'd want a copy of their policy, first and foremost, to make sure that there's no exclusion sitting out there. And we're just relying on silent, what they call silent coverage, which means it's not being excluded. Um, typically, I'm sorry. That, go ahead. I cut you off. The issue is most, because this wasn't a consideration, janitorial policies didn't exclude it. We have some that exclude virus. They're, they're kind of tier three policies. They're not, not, not the type of janitorial policy that I would sell. But, um, you know, th there are ones out there that exclude. Um, there's one particular company that, that puts a communicable disease exclusion on. I mean, that, that takes care of everything. You know, they can get off any claim. Yeah. That on that. Yeah. So, um, you know, they never had a chance to consider it. So it was never, it was never looked at by underwriting. It was never thought about by underwriting. Um, I mean, even the SARS epidemic, the H1N1, nothing reached this level here. Um, so it was kind of, you know, not really thought of. Right. We had spoke last week about that there was a policy out there with COVID-specific language. Yeah. Right up. Yep. Uh, it dried up for our purposes. They want they want uh, environmental companies with with lost history. Okay. So by me opening up a new business, as I was instructed, uh, it ended up shooting ourselves in the foot. So we, like I said, we came back around and said, "All right, they wanted to do it in the pest control name. So all right, give me the COVID coverage for pest control." They did it, but like I said, we had no GL. It's not something that's sellable for me. You know, I'm not comfortable. I need, I need to be in, and this, again, is outside my area of expertise, so I'm extra cautious anyway, but when things are up in the air and I, I can't, I can't sort of put my finger on the coverage, you know, it really scares me away. My thought process too was, once we get out from under this New York on pause and you have people going back to the workplace, you're going to have... A, a big need for the disinfecting piece, possibly nightly, but certainly once a week, I would think at a minimum. So I think that's what Jace Riggs is talking about, where he's saying, do we see it? Do we see it? You, you said the coverage is not necessarily open up anytime soon, but as that need becomes greater, do you see the insurance companies 
knowing the behavior of insurance companies, they're going to need to know everything possible about this virus before anybody attempts to cover it, specifically. Yeah. So I mean, the, the company that is naming it always had the coverage there. They're just throwing it out there as a sales piece. They weren't excluding it. Um, you know, my biggest problem is getting, is getting GL. You know, if, if and I'm constantly looking. I mean, I, I go through markets on this COVID like nobody's business. I mean, we're always talking and, and finding a, a new way to do it. And we may get two or three out and, and, and insured, and then it shuts down. And I got to find another path to do it. And it, it's, as time goes on, there's less and less avenues. And I mean, I know I've spoken to my competitors, and we're all, we're all in the same boat. Can't get anybody to cover it. And whatever coverage we have, it keeps drying up. We spoke about this um, briefly, but we said that there's a lot of smart people doing a lot of not smart things. Right. Still? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> More so now. I mean, it's, it, it, times are tough, obviously, for everybody. Uh, but at the end of the day, you don't want to – you don't want to do something foolish and give up everything you got just to keep a couple of guys employed. And I understand that's paramount. I mean, that's the biggest thing is keeping people employed, keeping the business going. But, um, you know, as far as, as far as the disinfecting is concerned, I'm not sure that's the way. Well, this is the unknown. We don't know what's going to come out of it. Our biggest concern with, with that is one being, covered properly but two that's just a small piece to it the insurance piece right because then there's the osha piece um ppe ppe which is scarce the training and the documenting of training and we we know of multi-million dollar companies i know one that's almost definitely not insured for it and you're talking about a $10 million company that, that's now generating new revenue off this. The more you do it, the more open you are to a lawsuit. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Could you, I could, I'm not $10 million. I can't imagine losing my business off just trying to make, one, keeping people employed and trying to make some extra money. My yeah. only reason in trying to get into this is to stay competitive and not lose my pest control piece to the pest control people selling the COVID remediation. And the problem is a lot of companies are getting bullied by their clients into doing it, knowing that they're not covered to do it. Right. And that's, that's where the danger comes in. Right. The only good thing for me is that our, our market for existing clientele is limited to those that actually need it or want it. Um, thankfully, in commercial, they already have cleaning people that handle it. But yeah, Even in my office, the, the, there's a step up if you want. Um, where they'll, they'll do more. I don't know what that means, uh, but they're there. I have part of my lease. I have people come in every night and there is something that I could pay for and they'll do like so, a bunch of wipe down. I don't know if they use the CSV or what, but I mean, I, I do a lot of that myself at the end of every day anyway. Right. But, um, you know, I'm sure that they're more suited for it. Um, I know like serve pro and companies like that actually have viral training. I don't know how often, uh, but th there's more to it than just, you know, splashing, you know, uh, virucides. If you're going to throw your hat into that ring, if you're going to throw your hat into this ring, you need to have everything in place. Insurance. Contracts are key. 
Contracts are paramount. That, that should be what you have before you get into it, as well as the training program. And I think that you would want to have, even if it's just you, depending on the size of your business, at least one to two people that are already trained in how to do it and know what to do and know everything about it. And, and the program that we've seen talks about uh, wet, wet times or saturation times because V has to sit for 10 minutes. Um, so you want to make sure that the thing is saturated. And then Frank just spoke about service being fried. That's the other thing. If you're using a ULV machine to fog it, which DSV doesn't recommend that on the label, it's more recommended like a, a different type of spray rig. But if you're saturating, first of all, I don't know how to fuck you saturate. I don't know how you have the balls to saturate a server. I don't care what you saturate. Wait, I already had a claim. I meant. See? <laughs> that's what I mean. So that's where you get in, in the program, you talk about hot touch points. And that would be where you would be saturating those probably with a cloth or something a little bit different. But you, yeah. DSV is very specific. If, if DSV, and remember, everything that we say here, do not take it as the Bible or as fact. We're not lawyers. We're just kicking it around. The label is still the law. In the janitorial sciences industry, I don't know how that works. But DSV says if, if it dissipates, and this is not the exact language, but if, if, it is not still, if it is not wet for 10 minutes straight, then you basically need to reapply and start yeah. the timer over. Yeah. That's, another, that's another huge piece to it because just a keyboard, I'm not that worried about messing up. A mouse, I'm not that worried about messing up. The monitor, I'm worried about. Um, the the computer, if they have desktops, I'm worried about. If you where you where are you spraying that? Um, so that's where it gets. That's where it just gets. And it, I mean, if you if you look in terms of a hundred thousand square feet, right? How can you possibly monitor the wet time on something that large by yourself? you that's why you need multiple people it, it's it, i mean it's it's a lot of lot to consider i see the money and you know me i'm an entrepreneur right you know if i see an opportunity i would go i would go with it but uh there's no sense making uh twenty thousand dollars for uh, five hours work and then having to pay up millions of dollars later on right Absolutely. So just to give you a, a range of the, the per square footage pricing, right? Just to break the numbers down. It started at about 75 to 80 cents a square foot. Now it's like 40 now, isn't it? No, now it's as low as 15. Whoa. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's, this is like heat all over again. Yeah. Um, everybody got it. Everybody, and, and, and the price just started to plummet in order to get the work to pay for the equipment that you bought. Um, we're seeing more and more people doing it. Um, I'm hit up on Facebook, LinkedIn all the time, you know, companies that I insure, you know, and I'll call them up and say, Hey, you know, you're not covered for that. You know, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult. I mean, people, companies are struggling and there's an opportunity. I mean, if I had, if I could get comfortable with a product, I would I I I put an article on PMP. If I had something solid that I felt confident about, that I knew was sellable, 
and was covering all the parameters and I could stack millions on it, you, you'd, see a, you'd see a page article from me. When you talk about um, stacking millions, you're talking about getting an umbrella, right? Umbrella or th these, th these types of policies will typically have a $5 million limit or as one policy under one cover. And then if you needed more than that, then we would go outside to get more than that. Yeah. You know, every time I talk to you, I, I, I rethink whether or not I'm going to try and do this. <laughs> How's your hair doing, Joe? My hair is fabulous, as you can see. I, I see My you hair is so strong right now. Right. Like Samson. Yeah. I've broken multiple head ties this week. My hair. Wow. Kind of like your forehead. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so look, just, just to speak real quickly on people losing business, like I get it. Um, we we are not immune to that either. We've we've lost the business is on pause. Like I, we're not calling it a loss yet because they haven't. They've just postponed until we're out of the dark with this. But yeah. this goes back to a saying that I was raised on. That I think hopefully after this more people will practice. And and that is Ed Sheehan's favorite: live beneath your means. That says says it the best. Like we uh, some of the companies that were shut down due to the mandated pause, like the health restaurant uh, yes. businesses. Um, they, some of the ones, the stronger ones still have us. They may have cut service, like people that were getting done weekly to, to twice a month and people that were twice a month to monthly. Those are the people that had a strong um, cash flow, I guess, or more liquidity. We had other yes. places that were monsters and, and was servicing, you know, thousands of people a day that shut everything down and may not come back from this. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's, uh, once, once things open up too, it's going to be a matter of, you know, who kept up their pest control because, you know, the stuff doesn't stop happening because we're on pause. Oh. So, I mean, we're, we're looking at a, a potential third quarter to beat all third quarters you know, in the history of the U.S. economy, New York in particular. Um, you know, more and more companies that were out of commission in terms of getting into locations, they're getting into more locations now than they were three or four weeks ago. Right. I think, I think restaurants in particular notice and understand that if they're going to reopen, they can't have mice running all over the damn place. Right. You know, they, they need to be, it needs treatment. And uh, if you think you're going to open on the 15th of May or the 1st of June, whenever th this is over, and you, you go into your restaurant and turn the lights on and the wall moves, you know, you can't open, you know, and now you got a bigger problem because you're going to need somebody there fogging the place all night, you know, so, but I think smart people understand that. And like you said, went from, you know, weekly to biweekly or, you know, to monthly, at least there's still product being applied to keep some sort of control. And yeah. I think those are the people that'll be able to turn the lights on and open. And we've, so it's funny, we've noticed, um, so the, the, the amount of garbage on the streets in, in Manhattan is ridiculously low. So oh. rodent population is now seeking their meals in new places. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we have an apartment complex that has restaurants in the base that shut down immediately that were known to have a they they had a known roach and rodent issue prior to shutting down. 
that are coming up. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and the building management told us to do the services, and they are going to not allow that tenant back in until they pay all of our services that they had to provide while they were away plus back rent. So I don't think everybody's in that position, but we've gotten some restaurants in buildings that we service just because they're closed and the building wants to protect the building. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a regional difference. I mean, I do a lot down South where everything's outside and it's a blip on their radar. It's, it's, you know, they lost a few customers who are out of work. Residential will make cancel service or postpone it. But um, all of my phone calls are coming from New York, New York and New England. What about LA, Cali? Not really. I mean, Cali's in the same boat. A lot of law and ornamental, a lot of outside, a lot of outside, a lot of outside service. I mean, and I probably do, I don't know, maybe four or five hundred accounts in in California. Nothing extraordinarily big, except one, who's a fumigator. So that I mean, I don't know how impacted he is at all, really. Um, um, those fumigation companies are are different monster. Yeah, that's something that when when you have to do that, you have to do it. Whether yeah. it's your home or if it's commercial, it, it it's not a it's not a matter of if if or when it, it, it or it's not a matter of if it's just when and who. Yeah, we all provide us. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. I I know a guy out there on the West Coast that you know he's had twenty million dollar a year and seven million dollar years because at the end of one year he got an eleven million dollar fume contract. Yeah, if you if you does that, yeah, that, I mean, you get a, a whole apartment complex, you know, the garden apartments and whatnot. Yeah, you you can run up a couple of mil in a hurry. Yeah. What else? What are you hearing about COVID? Are you hearing anything about? I mean, you have some relationships with insurance underwriters. Are they even trying to wrap their head around it, or are they they just have it? Is they, they they won't talk about it at all. I mean, I, I got into a huge screaming match with a fellow friend of ours who insures you and his senior management uh, last week. And uh, there's no convincing to even discuss it, you know? And and, uh, I have my own opinions of what what triggers coverage. I wouldn't take it to the bank, (laughs) but uh, you know, I have my ideas as, as somebody who represents the marketplace and they have their ideas as the people who write the checks. So that's, you know, when we meet at the same place, it's a home run, you know, but rarely do we, you know, and and this, this was, uh, this was the same thing when he came out, when when canines came out, it was sort of the same evolution, but I don't see any evolving on this until we know everything about it. But that, that's the thing, right? So you, you likened it to bed bugs, kind of just how like, um, as far as tracking the source of it, yeah, that's the thing because with bed bugs, with reinfestations and whatnot, there's always you could ask somebody that has, like, for example, you do a service, you clear the service with canines, and a month later they have bed bugs again. You can't prove either way. You could say yeah. we did all the due diligence to show that it was gone, but yep. you can't prove. What have you done in the past 30 days? Or I'll even give you one better. We did a major million and a half square foot building. We did 
1.25 million of canine inspections. We hit, in, in that time, we had about 10 hits throughout the building, did the service, um, did multiple different, you know, each part of the building wanted different service, heat here, fumigation for some of the stuff here, chemical there. But at the end of about a four week process, everybody was cleared by the canines, right? Two days after the canine clearance, they send us a picture of a bed bug and they say, what's this? And I'm like, oh, here we go. And I said, it's a bed bug. The picture looks like a bed bug. Where was it found? And they, this, like, this is the best possible situation. XYZ saw this on their shoulder on their way in today on the train. So it was, it was the best yeah. scenario because you tell your customer this all the time, but never yeah. could it truly happen where, oh, they, this was on them on the train this morning. So it was, I mean, like we took a deep breath with the picture. And then when he wrote back where it was from, we were able to exhale. Right. Right. And, and what did he say? He said, come in and start the canines all over again, which was great for business. But that could have gone the other way. Hey, this yeah. is found it on their shoulder at their desk today. Yep. So I say all that to say, at, do you, how can we not have a conversation with an insurance company and say, look, this is the same scenario. Once anybody leaves the building, all insurance on the, all risk is out the window. No? Well, nobody dies from bed bugs. This is true. <laughs> that's the main concern people don't don't spend eight eight nine weeks on a ventilator from bed bugs so the ultimate loss is much greater the larger insurance companies of the world don't know how to service you like this because they're cookie cutter nonsense for your personal stuff they think a three hundred thousand dollar policy for somebody with a five million dollar business is good enough and that's wrong and when you have somebody like frank and phyllis with select insurance that will tell you this is what you should have. They don't, and they, there's no hard sells with them. They tell you, you're at this level now, this is what you should have. You're at this level now, this is what you should have. And if any of you remember Frank's podcast with us last year, he spoke about cybersecurity. At that time, I did not have cybersecurity. And prior to his call, he said, this is something you should think about because you're in that realm now. And then that's why we brought it up during the podcast and I we, we signed up for cybersecurity the next day. But this is what you need. You need these type of people. They're licensed pest management professionals in various states. And then they just know, they know what we're talking about. There's a relationship and a trust and a level of service that is bar none. Select Insurance is just the company that you wanna be with. You know, like- You can sleep better at night. You Let's can, leave it at that. You're right. Enough said. Well said.